Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode of Truth Tidbits as we continue looking at the Word of God, reading through it each and every day, and hearing what the Lord might say to us on a daily basis. And I encourage you to be in the Word of God yourself as well. Today, in episode 96 of my Truth Tidbits, I want to continue on in Second Peter. And we're not going to make a whole lot of progress, but that's okay. We're just taking it slow and letting the Lord speak. And, and that is just fine because all of His Word is so rich and so powerful. And He does speak to us through His Word to those who are His children and who have ears to hear. Praise God. So I want to go back and I want to read in Second Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 again. It says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. We talked about those two verses um, in the last episode, I believe it was, in detail about the knowledge of God, knowing the Lord, etc. And today I really want to focus on verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So today I want to talk about these great and precious promises. Jesus has given us great and precious promises. The Father in heaven saw fit to give them to us through the costly work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's talk about what a few of these words mean, because it's very uh, powerful when we look at some of these. First of all, the great is the mega, megaistis or something like that. And it means the greatest. It means very great, exceedingly great or excessively. It's mega. You know, you think about megaphone or something like that, that really amplifies it greatly. You think about something, um, you know, there are some mega churches where there, there are just huge amounts of people. So mega simply means very great, very large. So it, he's saying that these are the greatest promises. Trust me, God has the greatest promises of anybody, and he is the ultimate promise keeper. He says they're not only great, they're not only very great or the greatest but they're also precious, and that means costly or valuable. They're dearly loved. They're highly esteemed, precious. You know, everything that we have in Christ what came at great, great cost to the Father and to the Son. We don't recognize that always because it's free to us through God's grace by faith, and we receive that beautiful gift by faith in Him and in His finished work. But it cost the Father, it cost the Son greatly to give us the access to these. They were very costly, 
which makes them very valuable. Peter, as a matter of fact, if you'll remember in his first book, talked about how we were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious, costly, valuable blood of Jesus Christ. So we have been given now these great and precious promises. It's interesting, this word for promises is only used one other place in the scripture, and it is also in Second Peter, and it's talking about the promise of the, the new heaven and so forth. It's in Second Peter chapter 3. But this word for promise means a self-committal. In other words, it's assurance of conferring good, asserting something about oneself, engaging to do something. So it's, it's personal. It's, it's a promise that is made by himself. The God the Father is giving us these promises of himself. He is committing personally to this for us on our behalf. He is committing himself to assure and confer upon us the good that he has spoken in his word and promised. And he has promised to engage to do it himself. And Peter tells us here that we have been given these exceedingly great and precious promises given by God of his own self, of his own will, and of his own committal to actually do them and fulfill them. That through these we may be partakers of the divine nature. It is through these, it is through this, they are the means of how these beautiful, exceedingly great and precious promises are the means of how we partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So let's look at this a minute. First of all, let's discuss partaking of God's divine nature. It, it talks about us being a sharer in it, being able to partake in it. Now, let me clarify. This in no way, in no way says that we will be gods. We will not. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That kind of doctrine is a false doctrine. It does not match scripture at all. We are not going to become gods, and we are not going to be godlike in the sense that we will share all of his abilities or his power or any of that. None of that is true. But what it is talking about is his divine nature. We become more like him in his character, in who he is, in his essence. Those characteristics, those attributes, he begins to work more of those in our life through these great and precious promises that he has made and engaged. He's the one doing the work. You see, he is the one engaging in the work himself to cause us to share in his nature, becoming more in his image. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, we read this yesterday. I'm going to read it again. 
It says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So here Paul is agreeing totally with Peter. They're both saying the same thing, that we are becoming and being made by the Lord himself doing the work through his Spirit more like him. Now, how is this and why is this? Peter tells us, because we've escaped from the corruption and the worldly lusts. In other words, we once walked in those things. We once were slaves to sin. We once were in the kingdom of darkness and dead in our trespasses and sins. But no more. It's different now. There's been a change. There's been a transfer. We are no longer in the kingdom of darkness. If you believe in Jesus Christ and have a covenant relationship with him, you know him as your savior, your personal Lord. He, you're no longer in that camp. You're no longer in the chains of darkness and enslaved to sin. Now you're God's kids. Now you belong in the family of God. We are now children of light transferred from the darkness and death into light and life. We are God's children now. And therefore, just like the children have a sharer in everything in the household, so God begins to work a work in us to allow us to share of the things that we are to share in. So, you know, your children or your grandchildren, you know, my grandchildren, if they came over to my house, they know exactly whatever's in my refrigerator is open to them. They can go, they can go dig in the freezer. They can get whatever they want to eat. They, they can cook it. I can cook it for them, whatever. And they know that because they're family, they're family. They have access to things that not everybody else would have access to, that a stranger wouldn't have access to because they're family. So they can share in things that, that others couldn't. And so this is what it's talking about here. Because we've escaped that corruption that used to, we used to be in bondage to. We used to be involved in the world. We used to be involved in sin. We used to be involved in worldly lusts. But we're not anymore. God has transferred us. He has taken us through the simple act of our faith and belief in him. And he has now transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, into his family. We have become born anew, born again of the spirit of God. And now we're the king's kids. We belong to Jesus. We're children of God through that. And because of that, we now have been allowed this access that God promises to do himself to work a work in us to allow us be, to become more like him in the sense of his character, more in his image. And we just read that in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Now, I love 2 Corinthians 3.18 because it always reminds me of a ladder, of a ladder. 
And, you know, you can set a ladder up. Let's say you're trying to change a light bulb in your ceiling or whatever it is. And so you've set up a ladder. And what do you do? You start and you go step by step up the ladder as far as you need to go to reach your goal, to do what you need to do. It's beautiful, a beautiful picture or illustration that I love to use in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, one step at a time, one rung at a time one level at a time. And so we start from the floor and we take a step upward. God, by his spirit, brings us up a step. And then he brings us up another step. And then he brings us up another step, all the while bringing us closer and closer and making us more and more like the image of Jesus Christ in his character, in his nature, in who he is and why he is such. And God is helping us. We'll never be gods or godlike in that sense, but we can and are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, rung by rung. We are climbing up the ladder, one step at a time, one day at a time, and it's all because of the great and precious, costly promises that God himself committed himself to do to bring us to that place. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the cost so that we could enjoy these great and precious promises and become more like him and enjoy the blessings and benefits of that wonderful relationship. I pray that you are drawing closer and closer to him and resting and knowing that he's working in you one rung at a time. All you have to do is cooperate with him so that you, when the spirit of God is working in you, you are walking up that ladder one level to the next, one level to the next. Praise be to God. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you today in Jesus' name.